Let's go talk to Doug Skeen, former NFL player, Michigan offensive lineman, co-host on the Michigan football podcast. How you doing, Skeener? <laughs> I'm doing great, Bill. I've been sitting here giggling, laughing at your expense, unfortunately, listening to you go off on this. On this topic, I just sitting here with a with a smile on my face because uh, the last few minutes of radio were pretty strong there, Bill. Nice job. Well, I, my point is, you're a floundering team that is free falling. You you gave the fans a taste of hope through hard knocks and a one on one start and a double digit lead at the Vikings. You are in position one for the overall first draft pick. And you're going to dump arguably one of your top two guys on the team. Yeah, it's, they they that was the eighth overall. Wasn't Hawk the eighth overall yes. next year? He was drafted. Yeah, he's only twenty five. He's only twenty five. Yeah, I know. It's um, boy, you know, since since Hutch got drafted by the Lions, I, this is probably the year I've spent the most time paying attention to him. And every time I I start to pay attention and watch some football and. And read up on him and follow this franchise. I, I go, wow! These poor people that have been following this team for all these decades that show up. How do they do this? Um, that takes a special level of uh, loyalty and intentionality to continue to just love these lions, even though they do these kinds of things. I can tell you what's going to happen. Holmes and Campbell, one or the other or both, will meet the media and they'll talk about we need more players. It's obvious we need more players. And then the fans, like loyal Jim Jones, Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid drinking worshipers, are going to say, we need more time. We need more time. We need more time. <laughs> oh, boy, Bill. That, that, yeah, that's going to happen. And... um you know, I, I, you were talking about there what uh, what the Lions fans they put on their Honolulu blue and they head down to Detroit to watch the Lions play. What the thing they they grasp when they hope for, what keeps them going? I think it's that that hope, right? That the next move is going to be the right move, and the next one, and the next draft mm-hmm. picks, and the next GM, and the next coach, and the next thing. But it's never reality. It's never you never seem to grasp the reality of, of what things are from time to time, but I give them all kinds of credit for supporting this team and loving NFL football in Detroit because they've been doing it a long time. You know what keeps the Lions fans going? Those that are 21 and up and ice cold Bud Light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what keeps them going. You know, Doug, right, before we get to the tunnel uh, fiasco and your thoughts on Michigan football, just from what you watch, because you played with Hutch's dad at Michigan late 80s, early 90s, five-time Big Ten champion. From what you've watched with Hutch and the Lions, both offensively and defensively uh, with Aiden, what has impressed you about this team? And if you were a football analyst delivering a message to the Lions fan base, what concerns you about the team or coaching or both? Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that question is the streakiness, right? I mean, clearly they don't have enough horses on this defensive front, right? You got Aiden out there who's who's had some streaks and some big moments, and what's he got five or six sacks on the season, so he's doing all right. But who's the who's the curveball to pull some attention away from him? Who's the other guy that is demanding attention or demanding you leave a tight end or a back in there to help block? I don't see it. I think they need a lot of help on that defensive front. and But yet, at times, they've shown an ability to be playmakers, and then all of a sudden, they just disappear. 
You know, is it like the Patriot game? How do, how do you go from scoring all those points in those games to sitting to getting blanked and then giving up a bunch of points? That's the part that really surprises me is how the inconsistencies of performance on both sides of the football are what they are. Um, I, I just don't understand it. And, and admittedly, I don't watch the Lions like I watch Michigan. I don't really glue myself into watching these Lions play. I have an interest in watching Hutch play because of the personal angle, and I want him to do well, obviously. And so they're not the Lions to do well, but I'm just not that far into it, Bill, to know much beyond their awfully streaky team. Yeah, inconsistent to say the least, and it is just a head-scratcher that in the stadium where their season ended, Hawk will have a chance to win the NFC North. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to help the team get by the Eagles or the Niners, but at least be a playoff team. It's killing me. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, As a former player, as a guy who's been in and out of that tunnel uh, five years, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. From the video you've watched uh, over the last couple of days, uh, as things settled down, uh, what's your opinion on what happened in the tunnel and what needs to happen moving forward? Well, I, I would first say this, that, that a volatile atmosphere and emotional football games have been going on in that stadium for 100 years. Um, this is not a new phenomenon. <laughs> this is not the first batch of players that played an extremely emotional rivalry game and had to walk up the same hallway to get to their locker room. A couple things. The first thing that stood out in my mind, believe it or not, and this is no excuse for either side, is I tell you what, Bill, when I was in that tunnel with my rival, my helmet never came off of my head, and it didn't stay unstrapped either. I I was told as a freshman uh, by some very wise upperclassmen, when you are uh, in, the midst, in the midst of uh, someone who may want to rip your head off, you probably should keep your helmet on and your chin straps uh, tight until you get in this locker room. And then until then, you leave it on. So uh, if I'm going up a tunnel with my opponent that I just uh, embarrassed a little bit, rubbed their face in it a little bit, and you know the game wasn't close there in, in the later parts of that football game, and uh, I know most of my teammates are out on the field, those two young men from Michigan, I wish they would have had their helmet on before they got assaulted. That being said, the assault is, uh, again, to use the word that both coaches have used, is unacceptable. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, it just can't happen. And the Big Ten absolutely has to hammer these guys to set a standard that this kind of stuff off the field, outside the lines, Although the feelings are raw and these young men and testosterone is flying, you can't put your hands on other people. You can't assault people because you lost a silly football game. It doesn't work that way. So that part's got to be fixed. I was glad to see that Coach Tucker you know, immediately suspended those guys, but I think there's some more dudes that probably need to find their way to the door until the, you know, this figures itself out. So it's too bad. It sucks because, as Lloyd Carr said after – uh, the clock gate game, right? This this rivalry, for as great as it is for our state and everybody who gets to participate in it, this game deserves better than some junk bush league stuff afterwards. It's just it's 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 not good. Away from uh, the tunnel fiasco, which has dominated conversation in the media since the end of that game, what do you like about what Michigan did? I know. Most would agree, if not everybody, they got to finish those drives. They still had that notorious slow start uh, that they've had in every Big Ten game this year. They still are undefeated. They're still a top-five team. I think they'll be number four tonight, but there's a lot of talk. TCU in the first college football playoff rankings 
could be number four, which is ridiculous. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on uh, that win by Michigan and what you like and what concerns you moving forward? Well, well, of course, what I like about that is the rushing yards. Every time Corum get going, can get going and rush the way he does and the grinding out of the third downs and always following forward to get first downs and the offensive line. And, and anytime you see rushing stats like that in the time of possession, Bill, and your chances of winning are just going to go up immensely, and they did, obviously. I was not surprised at all that Michigan State came to play. That first half was tight, right? It felt a little tight. Michigan put the football on the ground, had the turnover, and Michigan State throws it to their stud-wide receiver, who, by the way, is a heck of a player, and all of a sudden they're taking advantage of us, and there's a little bit of a you know, tightness in the air. I like the way Michigan responded. We're not gonna we're not gonna freak out here. We're not gonna get frazzled. We're gonna give the ball to our our best running back, and we're gonna let this offensive line just block you and take control of this game. And for the most part, that's exactly what happened. JJ made some really nice plays with his feet, avoided some pressure, found his tight end a bunch in the first half. I, I would like to see our wide receivers get a little more open. Uh, Michigan State's defensive ends, uh, our defensive backfield was doing a nice job with some coverage. So the Michigan wide receiver group needs to find some better separation. We can't rely on tight ends all the time. Um, but all in all, you know, the, I think the game plan going in was to grind this defensive down from Michigan State, rush for 150, 200 yards, and take the ball away from them, and let's just rack up the points. The only part was we kicked three field goals and five chances down there inside the red zone. That's got to be fixed. I don't know how much they can fix it based on personnel, but it's got to, they got to do something different down in there. They need to be able to score touchdowns instead of field goals at some point. I think we all know which game that's going to be. And so, you know, I'm, 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 grat- I'm pretty happy with the way it worked out. Uh, again, I think the red zone thing is, is now a full-blown issue in my mind. It has to be fixed. But, again, in this game, Bill, anytime you can rush the football the way you do or the way Michigan did in that game, you're going to win. The statistics always prove it. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast at TheWolverine.com. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line, talking about the tunnel and also the Michigan win. Yeah, I agree. They have been battle-tested. They've, they've had to fight back uh, against every Big Ten team uh, they faced, and they've done it. So we'll just see how it keeps moving here towards the rest of the regular season prior to the game. In Columbus, Doug, appreciate your conversation, opinions, input. We'll talk soon. Bill, get a hold of your doctor. Let's calm down a little I'm bit. Okay, I'm okay, man. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing triple. Health, I'm seeing triple. I am. <laughs> it's everything's going to be okay. You no, know I'm sweating, and the, and the air conditioner says it's 68 in here, and <laughs> I, I'm sweaty. I'm beaten up. I don't know, man. I, it would figure. It would figure that it would be same old lions. That after 30-plus years of doing a talk show, I dropped dead on the day they trade Hawk. <laughs> oh, Bill, thanks for having me. All right, well, Doug, if this is goodbye, man, I've enjoyed talking to you. The Tellymore uh, Golf Summits with yep. Chris Ballas, our classics, <laughs> along with Superfly Hayes. Uh, I, I, I am beaten up. I don't think uh, – it's not a health emergency. I don't want to get everybody concerned. Or, <laughs> I just I'm beating up sweating. I didn't put any under deodorant on right now, so we gotta woo. <laughs> All right. We love you, Doug. All right, Bill. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of comments on the huge text chain, like, are you on meth right now? No, I'm not. And it would be crystal meth officially.